Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks, we're back, Howard. It is time for episode number 40 of Wrestling Revisited, 1724-444-7444. Caller ID number 139926, pound in the number one. You can talk to me, the Iceman, Jerry DeDrawlman, the host of Wrestling Revisited. Of course, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you back into our time machine once again for a time and place as we start off our 40s in grand style here tonight on TalkShoe.com, of course. We have a lot to talk about, and, of course, we are going to be giving you a chance to weigh in with your opinions and thoughts of tonight's great moment. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I picked a moment that is very unique, let's just say. The event is New Year's Revolution back in 2006, 10 years ago this year, ladies and gentlemen. And the event, of course, was held at the legendary Pepsi Arena, of course, now known as the Knickerbocker Center, if you will, or the Times Union Center in Albany, New York, if you will, of course, back in January of 2006. However, this was the very first pay-per-view of two pay-per-views you would see during the month of 2006, of course. Oddly enough, however, three weeks later, the Royal Rumble would be held, of course. But on this event, however, it was the first pay-per-view of the new year, however, and boy, oh boy, let's just tell you, it did not disappoint whatsoever. 11,000 people packed into the building to see what was a very, very interesting night of competition. Of course, this was the second of three years that New Year's Revolution would be held. Of course, the year before, they had held an exciting event just outside of the United States in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and had had a pretty good crowd of over 14,000-plus fans pack into the arena there in San Juan. But this year, however, in 2006, for the second year of three, however, they decided to move it back to the United States, however, and give us something to live by. And after what had happened towards the end of 2005, going into 2006, what could happen? Well, we'll tell you what could happen as we will relive this moment right now. The very first match of the night, of course, was a warm-up match, however, pitting Chavo Guerrero Jr. taking on Gene Snitsky in a Sunday night heat warm-up match. As a result, however, Chavo Guerrero defeated Snitsky in over five minutes plus, however, uh, my thoughts about the match, it was okay, if you will. I mean, it was all right, however, mind you, in more ways than one, however. I mean, personally, I thought Chavo Guerrero always kind of got a raw deal, especially in those early years of his uh, WWE status, if you will, before he would go on to uh, change his character, known as Kerwin White, if you will, and that, of course, kind of fizzled in more ways than one before going back to his real moniker name, Chavo Guerrero Jr. As a result, however, on this night, he took on a man who was, well, a very unique individual in the form of Gene Snitsky. Snitsky, of course, was a very odd person back in the day of the WWE and throughout his WWE career in general. As a result, however, Chavo defeated him in over five-plus minutes of this opening contest. 
As a result, however, it turned out to be very, very interesting. However, mind you, however, as uh, Snitsky, of course, uh, would be gone from the company, however, and the WWE in general, however, oddly enough, however, uh, by the end of 2008, however, towards the tail end of 2008, if you will, after being in the company with the WWE, however, uh, since 2003. The last we heard, of course, he is now uh, competing, if you will, in TNA, of course, and as a result, however, he uh, is trying to make his name recognized, however, in TNA. But needless to say, since being in TNA, however, there have been reports saying he is uh, actually wanting to get out of his TNA deal, if you will. In fact, by mistake, he was let go by TNA, believe it or not, after appearing in TNA, however, only a few weeks, just a few years ago. Anyway, from there, we go to our first match of the night, and it was a very unique match in a lot of ways. As a result, however, it was the Rated-R Superstar Edge, however, taking on the Intercontinental Champion, Ric Flair. As a result, however, this match, however, went over seven minutes plus, and as a result, Ric Flair did win by disqualification, however, in this matchup, however, as apparently Edge came back to the ring late in the matchup with his Money in the Bank briefcase and hit Flair in the head twice with the briefcase, thus getting disqualified. As a result, Ric Flair did retain his IC championship by disqualification, but this was not the only time we would see Edge on this night, however, and we'll tell you what happened later on that had a lot of people talking and some people even in shock, if you will, in more ways than one. Um, my thought about the match, it was okay, it wasn't a bad opener. Um, at the time, Edge was really sort of like an arrogant uh, narcissistic person, if you ask me, with Lita, who was actually his real-life girlfriend, both in and out of TV, however, after Lita had dumped her former boyfriend at the time, Matt Hardy, just a few months before this, however, and as a result, forced Matt Hardy out of the WWE for a little while, however, to go with Edge, however, who at one time was one of uh, the Hardy's longtime rivals, if you will, and as a result, uh, side with Edge. As a result, for the next few months, however, these two would be joined at the hip, referring to Edge and Lita. And as a result, a lot of people did not find it amusing or worthwhile at all. Personally, in my opinion, I thought it could have been a little bit better, if you ask me, when these two were together. I mean, they seemed to be totally arrogant most of the time, both on and off TV. A lot of people weren't really into the characters. I mean, I had mixed reactions personally overall, but nevertheless, this was an okay matchup, if you ask me, in more ways than one. From there, we go to our next match, ladies and gentlemen. This is, of course, going to be a very interesting match in itself. As a result, it pitted two women going at it for the WWE Women's Championship. It pitted Trish the Distress, the lovely, beautiful uh, Trish Stratus from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, taking on Mickey James, however, for the women's title. James, of course, prior to the matchup, of course, told everyone she was very happy that she was wrestling her so-called idol. As a result, before the match began, however, James took the woman's title bout and seemed to be in a hypnotized state, however, by it. Now, the two, of course, took on each other, however, for about seven and a half minutes here, however. And at one point, it looked like uh, Mickey James was going to shock everyone by uh, upsetting the beautiful Trish Stratus by hitting her... Uh, Stratus faction of her own, 
that she copied off her idol, Trish Stratus, and then performed a finisher called the Mick Kick. Unfortunately, however, that kick did not work. Stratus denied her that opportunity, and as a result, she retaliated with her own version of the kick called the Chick Kick, and as a result, she pinned Mickey James to retain the title. Um, oddly enough, following this match, however, these two, of course, we continue to build following the pay-per-view. Uh, of course, after the duo somehow uh, teamed up to take on Candice Michelle and uh, Victoria Saturday night's main event, James attempted to uh, kiss Trish Stratus but was denied that opportunity. As a result, James attacked Mickey, thus leading to a rematch uh, for the two of them at WrestleMania 22 a few months after this. And as a result, Mickey James this time got redemption on Trish, however, and as a result became the new women's champion for the first time ever, however, by upsetting her hero-slash-idol, Trish Stratus. But on this night here in Albany, New York, however, it was Trish Stratus one step ahead of her somewhat idol, if you will, Mickey James, by winning here and uh, getting this pinfall victory over Mickey James. Up next, of course, was match number three between Triple H and the Big Show, of course. Uh, oddly enough, of course, believe it or not, however, the Big Show actually had his hand broken, believe it or not, by Triple H before the event had actually taken place. And as a result, Triple H hit Big Show with a broken sledgehammer and pinned him after a pedigree, however, in about nine in about 16 and a half minutes. Um Good match overall, I thought. It could have been a little bit better with the finish, however, but overall it is what it is, however, and in the end, Triple H picks up the win. Up next, of course, was a very unique match here in match number four, however, hitting Jerry the King Lawler, taking on Gregory Shane Helms, if you will. Somehow, apparently, this feud escalated, however, after what had happened a few months prior to this, however, by the King calling out the Hurricane, the artist formerly known as the Hurricane, if you will, Sugar Shane Helms, now known as Gregory Helms, however, asked a hurricane saying he didn't have any more, and he wasn't the same without the superhero gimmick. As a result, these two came to blows, however, just a few weeks prior to this uh, encounter on Raw, and as a result, a match was signed here to see these two get it on with each other. As a result, Lawler did pick up the victory here by pinning Helms, however, by connecting with his famous fist drop from the second row power and defeating Shane Helms in over nine and a half minutes uh, here. Overall, I thought it could have been better. I mean, personally speaking, it just wasn't all that great. I thought it was kind of a little bit of a letdown, and considering the fact that they gave them nine and a half minutes to work with each other, I just wasn't totally impressed with these two. I mean, don't get me wrong. Shane Helms is a great wrestler, folks. I mean, Shane Helms, of course, used to wrestle back in the day of WCW by fighting guys like Chavo Guerrero Jr., Rey Mysterio Jr., and others. And, of course, we all know about Jerry the King Lawler being a great wrestler and announcer in his own right over the years, however. But on this night, it just seemed like the King lost a little bit of his edge, however, if you ask me, as he somehow made it look so easy against Gregory Helms, and Gregory Helms wasn't trying hard enough, if you ask me. But nevertheless... These two gave a somewhat moderate, okay effort with each other, if you ask me. And in the end, the Hall of Famer, Jerry the King, picked up the dupe. Uh, speaking of dupe, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you, of course, coming up tonight on Revolution, beginning at 9 o'clock, 138055-POUND, we will be talking about last night's very exciting and shocking end to Monday Night Raw in Houston, Texas. Also, SmackDown will be going on the air here in about 45 minutes on the USA Network, live from the American Airlines uh, Center there in Dallas, Texas. Of course, tonight, the big news out of SmackDown tonight, obviously, 
is that apparently former WWE tag team uh, wrestlers Marsh and Thrasher, the Headbangers, are making their first WWE appearance back in the company in almost 10 years, believe it or not. And um, they are set to take on, we understand, the team of, I believe, Heath Slater and the Man Beast, the former ECW World's Television Champion, the Rhino, if you will, in a tag team matchup, if you will. Also, we have heard reports saying, speaking of tag teams, former WWE Tag Team Champion Kurt Hawkins, believe it or not, who has been out of the WWE for quite some time, however, could be returning to the WWE at some point tonight, as we was reported earlier backstage today there in Dallas, if you will. And uh, what his role will be and what we will be doing, we don't know as of yet, but we will definitely be keeping your eyes and ears peeled on that coming up tonight. Um, but as far as Monday Night Raw goes, we'll be talking about that in just a few minutes. Of course, you can listen to us on Revolution Begin at 9 o'clock. Caller ID number 138055-POUND. Of course, R.T. Smith and I will have your news for you. Then, of course, John Gross will have your birthdays and dates in history for today. And then, of course, you can uh, listen to Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, the phenomenal one, Gerard T. Smith, Queen Madness herself, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindodds, and whoever else comes on, including myself, however, give you our opinions of last night's Monday Night Raw. And as we said, folks, it was a very, very, very interesting end to what was a wild, crazy night, however, there in Houston, Texas last night. And we will be talking a little bit about that here in just a little bit here before we go off the air here tonight here on uh, WCW uh, wrestling revisited, if you will. Now, don't forget Thursday night, of course, you can listen to Wolfpack Radio, caller ID number 138521-POUND, beginning at 9 o'clock. Of course, it should be a very interesting show once again this coming Thursday. And then Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, get your weekend started with a bang, if you will. Caller ID number 139927 to listen to Michelle Lynn Dodds and her fans, however, as she takes you into the women's perspective of wrestling, as it'll be wrestling women's uh, revolution, if you will, excuse me, wrestling debate, if you will. She will be talking about WWE, TNA, NXT, ROH, SmackDown, Raw, whatever comes across the table. She will have your weekend started with a bang each and every Friday night, beginning at 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. And you can listen to her every Friday night here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, also on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, Excuse me, you can listen to the Power Hour with Mr. WCW Chat Hinshaw, myself, and whoever else comes on. The call ID is 141364-POUND. That is at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time until 2 p.m. each and every Saturday afternoon. And then, of course, this Saturday night, we will be giving back the reins to the phenomenal one, Gerard T. Smith and the Black Widow, Michelle Lindodds. After letting us have the reins a week ago, however, we are, after turning the favor and giving them the reins back to their own show, you can listen to the John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Saturday Night Live each and every Saturday, giving your thoughts of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, ROH, whatever else comes across the table, each and every Saturday night on Attitude Radio, caller ID number 138982. That gets underway just after 9 o'clock, and they usually go until about 11, 11.30 each and every Saturday night, so you can listen to them each and every Saturday night. Of course, last week, Michelle Lindodds came on uh, the show, of course, to fill in for uh, the phenomenal one, Gerard T. Smith, and join myself and John, myself and John Gross, in which myself and John took over the reins from Michelle and Gerard for one night, if you will, and it was a very, very fun show. But uh, we had a lot to talk about last Saturday, but this Saturday, Michelle and Gerard will be back on the air, however, with Attitude Radio, and you can listen to them uh, this Saturday night, beginning on Saturday night at 9 p.m., or just a little after 9 o'clock, the caller ID is 138982. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, we will tell you about some other things going on in the Talk Shoe Network family that you might be excited about to hear. We'll be talking about those in just a few minutes. But let's go back into New Year's Revolution 2006 and tell you what went down, if you will. 
Our next match, of course, was Sheldon Benjamin taking on Viscera. Of course, Sheldon, of course, had his so-called Mama Mama Benjamin come to the ring and challenge uh, Viscera to a match. As a result, Viscera, better known to you all as Big Daddy V, accepted the challenge, and the match began. As a result, however, needless to say, uh, Sheldon Benjamin, shockingly, however, did defeat Viscera here in over eight minutes, however, believe it or not, as apparently Benjamin performed a dragon screw leg whip on Viscera and pinned him to get the victory after Benjamin's mama hit Viscera with her so-called law the purse twice, in which we found, I believe, there was a brick in there knocking the big man down. Um, as a result, Benjamin picked up the win here on the big giant, however, in over eight minutes, if you ask me. Um, my thoughts about this matchup, personally, it could have been better. I really wasn't entertained again by this matchup, but... Uh, like we always say, and like I always say, sometimes it is what it is. Uh, nevertheless, of course, uh, Sheldon Benjamin, as a result, a short time after this, however, I believe would be gone from the WWE, if you will. In fact, I'm going to check that out right now, if you will. In fact, he was in the stayed in the WWE a little longer than I thought he would. My mistake. Sorry about that, folks. He actually um, stayed in the company about four more years, and as a result, however... Uh, he was released in April of 2010 along with Mickey James, uh, believe it or not, Jimmy Wang Yang, better known to you all as, uh, uh, what was his name? Excuse me, I'm trying to find it out here. Uh, Jamie Sun, or but Jamie Sun and the group, uh, believe it or not, the Young Dragons, if you or excuse me, uh, yes, the Young Dragons, if you will, back in WCW in the early part of the 2000s. Uh, also, uh, Sho Funaki, better known to you all at the time as Kung Fu Naki. And then, of course, believe it or not, uh, Terry Gordy's uh, son, believe it or not, who actually uh, got his uh, uh, WWE nickname, however, as Jesse from the team Jesse and Festus. Of course, he would stay in the company, unfortunately, however, in April 2010. As a result, uh, the last we heard, Howard since being out of wrestling, referring to Gordy's son, he is now working as a police officer, believe it or not, there in Atlanta, Georgia, if you will. Now, speaking of Sheldon Benjamin, as you know, there was some talk a few weeks ago. He was talking about returning to the WWE, but as a result, he is not going to be returning anytime soon. As a result, however, um, it was reported about three weeks ago or a month ago, he was planning to come back, however, after six years away from the company. However, about two weeks ago, it was announced our he will not be returning as a result due to a torn rotator cuff, which is uh, which required surgery. But he did confirm he was going to stay with WWE when he thanked the company on Twitter for giving him the opportunity to return to the company and said he hopes to be back at some point, if you will. Now, the question is, will he be returning to the WWE following his recovery? I really don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. But nevertheless, again, this matchup could have been and should have been done a lot better, if you ask me. And as a result, let's just say it was a very, very unique matchup, let's just say, involving Sheldon and Viscera. Of course, Viscera, as you know, known as Big Daddy V. Uh, back in the day, of course, uh, tragically we lost him a few years ago due to a uh, serious health issue, if you will. Of course, he uh, died of a heart attack four days after turning 43 years old. Of course, he was known also to the world, besides as Big Daddy V, as Mabel. And, of course, other nicknames including uh, uh, Big Daddy Voodoo, Nelson Knight, 
among others, of course, he was a very huge man in his own right, standing six foot nine, four hundred and eighty pounds, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, six nine, four eighty. That's how big Viscera was. And as a result, he ended up uh, doing the dreaded J-O-B here to Sheldon Benjamin here on this uh, particular show. Um, from there, mind you, of course, uh, following uh, the next match, of course, we'll tell you about the next ma- the main event. We'll tell you what happened afterwards. But that being said, let's tell you about now what happened in our semi-main event, if you will. Our semi-main event tonight, ladies and gentlemen, was a bra and panties gauntlet match. It was the first ever. As a result, it was the team of uh, Ashley Mazzaro, of course, uh, t- taking on Maria Canellis, who is the wife, if you will, of the Miracle Mike Bennett, if you will. Of course, she's a former WWE uh, backstage announcer, if you will, of course. Uh, believe it or not, uh, she got married to Bennett just a few years ago, mind you. And uh, is now in TNA, if you will. As a result, uh, she teamed, had a chance to, uh, a friend of Ashley, of course, take on Tori Wilson, Kansas Michelle, and the person known to you all as Victoria, if you will, better known to you all as Tara, believe it or not. And I believe we have someone on the line with us right now. In fact, we do, ladies and gentlemen, is the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lynn Dodds, joining us here on episode number four of Wrestling Revisit. Michelle, how are you tonight? Good. Sorry, I tried to get here sooner. Sorry. No, it's okay. No problem. I'm just wrapping up some stuff and talking about uh, New Year's Revolution uh, 2006. Do you have any uh, memories from that particular show? From which one? I'm sorry, J.D., which one? Okay, New. Uh, it was New Year's Revolution 2006. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I, I can list the matches for you. Maybe you can uh, make a comment on each one. Uh, the first match, obviously, was a warm-up match. Of course, Chavo Guerrero taking on Snitsky, if you will. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Okay. Well, this one, this particular show was a special. I mean, I'm just getting into the semi-main event now. This was particularly memorable for one particular incident that occurred, and I'll be talking about that here in just a few minutes, if you will. Um, mind you, like I said, in fact, um, we'll hold off on that topic right now. I um, mean... I mean, in some detail, I mean, as well. But like I said, I was just talking about the divas, actually, that were in this uh, unique match. In the very first ever bra and panties gauntlet match, it pitted Ashley Mazzaro taking on Maria, the wife of Mike Bennett, Tori Wilson, Victoria, and Kansas Michelle. And as a result, Ashley picked up the win. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup? Uh, I remember that match. It was a whole lot of ass. In that match, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't really recall who won, but I I, I remember the match. It was it was okay. Mhm. Mhm. It was uh, actually what happened was Ashley won the match. However, apparently after the fabulous Mula came down, however, and uh, May Young actually stripped Victoria. And when Mula and Young left, Ashley came into the ring and basically won the match after removing Victoria's pants, if you will. And this was when Maria encountered. Vince's so-called devils of Kansas Michelle, Victoria, and Tori Wilson, of course. Maria faced Kansas Michelle and stripped her, followed by Tori Wilson. But unfortunately, Maria was unable to strip Victoria, who instead stripped Maria as a result of this. Uh, the next match uh, was, oddly enough, Sheldon Benjamin and Viscera, of course. Mama Benjamin, of course, came to the ring challenging Viscera to a match. Benjamin, of course, performed a dragon whip on Viscera, pinning him to get the victory. Uh, your thoughts about this one? 
that was a good match. Yes. Um, I was actually talking about uh, the memories of uh, how big uh, Big Vist was. Of course, six foot nine, four hundred eighty yeah. plus pounds. I mean, originally known as the original Love Machine, if you will. Tragically, a few years ago, we lost him. Uh, four days after his forty-third birthday, when suddenly he had a heart attack and left us too soon. Um, another match that was very unique, Heller, on this show was the matchup involving Jerry the King Lawler and the artist formerly known as the Hurricane Sugar Shane, now known as Gregory Helms. Your thoughts about this one? That was actually a great match. Um, I remember that match. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't recall who won, but I remember the match. Yes, Lawler won that match, I remember. Um, I thought that match was okay. I mean, I really wasn't too keen on that match because I remember, I think, going into that match, I think it all started a few weeks beforehand or a couple months beforehand that Lawler began to make fun of Helms Heller on the air, saying, why aren't you the superhero anymore? Why aren't you this uh, big shot that you once were, Heller, becoming a hero to many? And, of course, Helms had just had about enough of Lawler's mouth. Heller at one point literally hit him or knocked him on his butt, so to speak, and questioned him, Heller, and as a result, this led to a match between the two of them. Um, Another match that was very unique, however, was uh, Trish Stratus and Mickey James. We all know what happened in that whole uh, story uh, escapade. What were your thoughts about Trish and Mickey? Uh, I vaguely remember that one. Well, apparently what happened was uh, James apparently was happy during the match. She was fighting her idol, and at one point she took the woman's title belt before the match began seemed to be hypnotized by it. And late in the match, she tried to hit Stratus' own finisher, the Stratus Faction, and tried to perform a Mick kick. Oh, yeah. Mocking, mocking Trish. And then, of course, Stratus avoided that, retaliating with a chick kick. Stratus then pinned Mickey to retain the title there. Um, right. The opener was a very unique match. And of course, this was a guy who we would see later on in the evening. We'll talk about him in just a few minutes, obviously. Uh, Ric Flair taking on Edge. As a result, Ric Flair retained the IC title by DQ as Edge came back to the ring late in the match after Flair had lead in the figure four leg lock. And as a result, Edge hit Flair uh, in the head twice with his Money in the Bank briefcase getting disqualified. And as a result, Ric Flair did retain his IC title by DQ. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy match. Yes. That was a real crazy match. Yes. Yes. And of course, the feud headed into that actually began a month before when Edge's segment, The Cutting Edge, debuted. Huh? And, of course, Edge and Lita began to insult Flair so much that for Sergeant Sergeant Michael Hayes to shut down the segment. And as a result, he laid out both Hayes and the Sarge, however, and left them laying in the ring, which unfortunately caused Flair to take action. And as a result, the two of them then settled their differences here in this particular show, however, New Year's Revolution. Right. Uh, up next, of course, was a very unique match, however. Triple H taking on the Big Show. We'll talk more about Triple H here in just a few minutes. Of course, Triple H won the matchup with a broken sledgehammer and pinned the Big Show after a pedigree. Your thoughts about that? That was a that was the match of the night. Yes. In my yes. opinion. That, that was a, an amazing match. Yes. Yes. And speaking of amazing, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk now about the big main event. Of course, this was the Elimination Chamber for the WWE title. John Cena defending against Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Kane, Carlito, and Chris Masters. As a result, however, uh, mind you, however, Cena did win the match, apparently, however, in 28 minutes and 22 seconds. But then things got a little interesting. If you Suddenly, Vince McMahon came out and announced that Edge was cashing in his Money in the Bank title shot. 
As a result, Howard Edge came to the ring spearing Cena. He did make a pinfall try, but failed as Cena got his shoulder up. However, when Cena got to his feet, Edge took him out once more, and this time got the pinfall. One, two, three. And yes, folks, just when you thought John Cena, the world's champion, however, was going to win the match, however, and stay champion, Edge shocked the world and denied John Cena that opportunity by leaving Albany with the championship. Your thoughts about the main event in which John Cena won and then later on lost, thanks to Edge's cash-in. Um, I, I mean, I think that was a brilliant move on Edge's part. He waited for the right opportunity as well as anybody else would. Um, but I, I really didn't think that he would beat Cena, but he did. Um, sure. But like I said, I mean, he he took the opportunity just as well as, you know, any of the others would. Yes. And, of course, uh, these two would continue to fight over the championship. Of course, the following night, Edge and Lita did the infamous live sex celebration, which Cena crashed. Edge then got away from them while Cena and Lita were alone in the ring. Cena then took his anger out on Lita, however, and finishing her off with the FU. Two weeks after this, of course, this led to a rematch with them at the Royal Rumble, and Cena, of course, got the belt back once again. Uh, would you say, overall, this was probably one of the better cash-ins in recent memory, or one of the top five cash-ins of all time, as far as the Money in the Bank uh, contract goes? Oh, uh, definitely one of the top five, yes. Definitely. I, yes, I would have to agree, too. I would definitely have to agree, too. No question about it. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, before we get into this, uh, here's uh, the uh, way it was... Uh, Picked, however, mind you, of course, the first two uh, participants in the matchup, before we get into that, obviously enough, was Michaels and Cena, believe it or not. Of course, these two would have chemistry with each other, I believe, a few months after this uh, particular show in uh, Chicago, I think it was, at WrestleMania 22. And as a result, these two would uh, get it on here for the world's title. But uh, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, I have to give this show about a 7 out of 10. I think the best match of the night uh, was probably the main event, uh, followed by the Triple H match. The match that I thought was kind of lackluster and boring and could have been better, even though it was mad, it was a warm-up match, it would have been Chavo and Snetsky. I thought they could have done a little bit more, if you ask me. So that's my particular thoughts about uh, New Year's Revolution uh, 2006. Uh, what's your thoughts on the New Year's Revolution show? Uh, it, was, it was an A-OK show. I mean, overall, I would probably give it a five or six. Mm-hmm. Which would you say was the best match, and what would you say was the non-entertaining match of the night? I, I would definitely say Cena and Edge was the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the not so best. Um, uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, no problem. I, I don't think it was really a bad match, though. Yes. That's just it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know how to, to say which one was a bad, you know, because mm-hmm. none of them were bad. Right, right. And like I said, folks, I mean, Cena fought here about 25 to 30 minutes, and after just literally going up against uh, a couple big-time Hall of Famers in the form of Kane and Shawn Michaels and against other guys who kind of uh, made an impact somewhat at times in the WWE. Carlito, Kurt Angle, the masterpiece, Chris Masters, you thought his night was all but done, but unfortunately his night was just beginning. How After a brutal half hour, hour, as I said, Edge came out of nowhere. We knew Edge was going to do something later in the night. We just didn't know what he was going to do, and we saw what happened after uh, Cena fought that brilliant, hard-fought, incredible match, hour. and that was, like I said, just when it looked like he was ready to... Uh, 
end the night on a positive note. All of a sudden, Vince McMahon comes out, announces Edge's cash in the Money in the Bank title, and as a result, Edge comes into the ring experiencing Cena, and just when he thought he had victory hand in his hand, however, he came up short, but the second time wasn't uh, not so much the case. However, he knocked out Cena one more time with a spear, and this time he got the dupe, one, two, three, and picked up the win and the title as a result. Speaking of titles, folks, that leads us into uh, one of our other things. However, we'll talk about the other main thing here in just a moment. However, of course, like yesterday, as you know, here on uh, TalkShoe, we had a very interesting contest between the franchise and the Black Widow, a very exciting contest, if you will, as it was a five-question uh, standoff between the best of the Honky Tonk Man and of Evolution. And I'm happy to report now at this point in time, even though it was a close match, and it was a very close match, folks, that the franchise, Dandy Drama, now has two more titles to add to his arsenal, however, as he took out Michelle in a very close matchup, 10-6, to however, in the best of the Honky Tonk Man. And then what was a very, very hard-fought contest in Evolution, however, it came down to a one-point difference, 29-28, to 28, if you will, and sudden double-sudden death, if you will, however, as the Black Widow and the franchise did now. But next week, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 59, I am happy to report that the human suplex machine, John Gross, and the heartbreak kid himself, Fonzie from Pittsburgh, will be doing a 10-question battle to see who knows the best about The Undertaker, and also, who knows the best about Scott Hall? I want to trick them up a little and see if they know a little bit more about Scott Hall than they know about The Undertaker. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, however, for episode number 60, the day after Backlash, I will not be giving the questions this time. I will be a member of the questionnaire panel, however, as apparently the franchise and myself will be doing a 10-question standoff to see who knows the best about the legendary Iron Sheik. Of course, the winner of this week's matchup involving The Undertaker will go on to face Michelle in two weeks, however, on the 19th of September. I'm happy to report in a 10-question standoff that right now I am thinking about which competitor knows the other, however, about someone. Right now I'm deciding which... Uh, superstar on the 19th hour that I'm going to see who will be facing Michelle, what those 10 questions are about, but you can bet, however, I will be thinking about that between now and then, so stay tuned for the next two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, promise to be very, very exciting on Raw Radio. Speaking of Raw, let's talk about last night's Raw. We've been talking about it all day, Michelle. It seems like everyone's talking about last night's Raw. We'll obviously talk about it here in just a little bit, of course, on Revolution, but what a wild, crazy night it was in the Lone Star State, no pun intended, last night. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, if you want to talk about interesting folks, we'll, of course, talk about what happened, uh, some of the matches that happened last night. Of course, as you know, the big story coming out of last night, of course, was uh, Bailey teaming up with the New Day, taking on Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and their new friend Dana Brooke, if you will. Of course, as a result, the New Day and Bailey picking up the win over Doctors Gallows, Anderson, and Dana Brooke, if you will, believe it or not. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, last night, of course, excuse me, we had Chris Jericho take on Adrian Neville, of course, and as a result, once again, Chris Jericho coming through in a big-time way, however, by defeating the man that Gravity forgot, Adrian Neville. But some of the other big things coming out of last night's show include the following, of course. Sheamus, the Celtic Warrior, of course, in the Best of Seven series against Cesaro, of course, made it 2 nothing in the Best of Seven series. However, by defeating Cesaro in a 
Very interesting match, if you will, that saw Cesaro somewhat hurt towards the tail end of the match. Just when it looked like he was going to tie it up at one all, however, he ended up uh, getting banged up as a result. Uh, Michelle, I believe you have some update on uh, Cesaro's status at this point. What have you heard, if anything? Um, I know that he has two broken ribs, and his back is undergoing further evaluation, is what I read. Do you think maybe he'll be taping his ribs, and depending on how his back feels, he'll be able to go into the ring uh, possibly this weekend or even next Monday night in Kansas City? I doubt it. At this point, I doubt it. I mean, he's really hurt. Yes, he is. And but then as... again, you never know. I mean, these, these dudes don't stop, you know, with injury. They don't. No, they don't. You're right. You're 100% right. I would agree. And uh, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. A lot of people, and you and I definitely talked about this offline. However, we talked about it. I've talked about it with some of our other colleagues here on the network. However, I mean, from what happened last night, I just totally think Sheamus should be reprimanded for his actions last night. I don't know why he has not been reprimanded yet. I think he should. I think that was yeah. absolutely careless on his part. I think it was absolutely stupid he would try something like that last night. And why they're not finding or suspending him at this point is beyond me, but uh Maybe they're just going to, again, they're going to turn a blind eye in this matter. I really don't know. But, uh, yeah, when I watched that replay again this morning, however, despite the other replay we've been talking about, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes, I just cringed. I mean, I totally cringed. It just made me feel uneasy. And it was it was brutal, to say the least. Yeah. Hey, J.D., let me call you right back, okay? Okay, no problem, Michelle. And Michelle Lindod, ladies and gentlemen, our own Black Widow, one of our first females here on the Talk Show Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, has promised that she will return to the line shortly, so we will be back with her in just a few minutes. Uh, some other matches that happened last night, ladies and gentlemen, I can talk about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, include Sami Zayn taking on Jinder Mahal. Of course, Sami Zayn last week, apparently a lot of people thought he was going to get having the night off after tweaking his ankle last week in the matchup against Seth Rollins. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. As a result, Sammy toughed it out, however, and as a result, did defeat Jinder Mahal. Um, overall, my thoughts about that, good match by Sammy. Good to see Sammy back on the winning uh, edge here this week. Of course, uh, I am totally flabbergasted why WWE even brought Jinder Mahal back into the fold. I don't know why they even have him back in the company at this point. You're as good as my people, I think that he should start being looking for maybe getting out of the WWE again. Because if he continues to be wasted like this, however, then what was the point of him returning? Really, seriously, what was the point? I know a few weeks ago they were talking about bringing in uh, some new guys, but uh, one of the guys who really just hasn't amounted to anything since coming back from the WWE so far, obviously, is Jinder Mahal. Um, another person I'm really high on, folks, i got to tell you what, and this person I'm really, really high on, to say the least, however, is Nia Jax. I mean, this Nia Jax person I've said over the last few months, however, is probably one of the most scariest individuals right now in the company. And if I'm Charlotte Flair, if I'm Bailey, or if I'm even Charlotte Flair, I would not want to cross this lane by any means necessary. As a result, Nia Jax made it look easy last night, however, as she defeated another jobber, if you will. Speaking of jobbers, folks, I mean, I'm really sick about this more than anything before we get into talking about the main story of the night, if you will. Main stories of the night, I should say, excuse me. Um, it's the whole thing with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, of course, last night taking on a jobber, once again, better known to you all as Americo. As a result, he defeated America in less than a minute. Afterwards, he took off the mask of America and literally threw it right at him. I don't know why he did that. I think that was totally disrespectful. I thought it was classless, if you ask me. Um, we're going to get Michelle's, obviously, take on that in just a few minutes when she returns to the line. But uh, like Nia Jax, I mean, I'll tell you what. What have they done with Braun Strowman here 
in the last few months really has not impressed me whatsoever. I mean, I understand he was a big, strong guy when he first debuted with Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, and I understand that uh, Luke Harper could be returning to the ring very, very soon. Uh, the question is what brand will take him and who he'll feud with is your guess as good as mine. But what Braun Strowman has been doing on Raw since moving over to Raw and let the rest of the Wyatt stay on SmackDown, like Bray, Rowan, and Harper, however, has just been a joke. It really has. And unless someone like Braun takes on someone like, say, Brock Lesnar or someone else, however, then what's the point of keeping him on Raw? He just continues to be wasted week by week, and he's just absolutely making everyone look like a joke in the process, if you ask me that, by beating these inferior guys. It's just an absolute total ridiculous thing if you ask me and I think it's absolutely outrageous that they keep him around on the Raw roster right now because he hasn't had anything that has been worth watching if you ask me. Now, uh, one of the things I do want to talk about, however, obviously, <clears throat> is uh, another thing that real quick before we get into uh, one of the main things of the night that happened, obviously, of course, was uh, the whole Titus O'Neil, Darren Young, Bob Backlund. Again, this is like uh, the other matches I've mentioned before. Uh, this match was okay, but uh, Titus O'Neil, of course, uh, afterwards, of course, beat down both his former tag team partner of uh, the primetime players and his new uh, job coach, if you will, Bob Backlund. Uh, this was okay for what it was. It was all right, but uh, if you ask me, I don't know what they're trying to prove with Titus O'Neil right now. I mean, I know Titus has got a new attitude right now saying, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? Well, apparently, however, I don't think a lot of people are too fond of Titus right now. Uh, the whole Darren Young, Bob Backlund thing has been really uh, boring, to say the least. I've not been entertained by it. I'm getting tired of seeing it week by week by uh, hearing the same thing over and over again. Make Darren Young great again. Make Darren Young great again. Um, personally, I thought Darren Young, before he brought Bob Backlund into the fold, however, was doing okay, even though he was returning from injury. However, I thought he could have done something on his own rather than bringing Bob Backlund, a legendary Hall of Famer, world's champion, as his new coach, slash trainer, if you will. And now for him to uh, take on his former tag team partner and associate friend, uh, Titus O'Neil. I don't know what they're thinking of. I mean, I'm hoping this is the end of the feud after what happened last night, but I imagine this feud's going to obviously continue. We'll just have to wait and see where it happens after what went down last night. Sorry about that, folks. I just had to do something there. Um, but one of the things I do want to talk about, obviously, that happened last night, however, is what occurred between Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon. I know Michelle, when she comes back on the line, hopefully she'll get back with us before the show's ending here tonight. I wish she'll shave, save it for a revolution here again at 9 o'clock. Uh, the whole thing involving Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon. Um, I thought that segment, as Michelle said to me earlier today, was gold. It really was. I thought it was very interesting to see what happened between the two of them. I thought it was kind of funny when Paul Heyman tried to pay Brock's fine by uh, having a wad of dollar bills in his hand and just basically sliding them off his hand, making it rain money, if you will, right in front of Stephanie, but actually telling Stephanie he was here to pay the fine, and he was here to uh, make sure that Brock wouldn't do something like that again. And he told Stephanie that wasn't going to happen again. Well, as a result, Stephanie did not find this amusing. She did not find it... uh, worth a chuckle, so to speak, let's just say, and she kind of really got really upset at this and literally almost slapped the taste right out of the mouth of Paul Heyman as a result. Um, 
Personally, however, I thought it was very interesting to hear her what she had to say to Paul Heyman. But the thing I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to sure Michelle like to share her thoughts about this as well as myself here when she comes back on the line. If not, we'll talk about it here later on Saturday Revolution. Is what was the smile about with Paul Heyman? You know, at the end of the segment, if you remember, folks, Paul Heyman, of course, uh, uh, Stephanie accepted Paul's apology, but then Paul Heyman had sort of a sly, devious, devil-like Jack Nicholson-type smile across his face. And you're thinking, what was that all about? What was he uh, grinning about? I mean, did Stephanie actually see that, or do you think maybe uh, she's going to see that when she goes back and watches the tape and see what Heyman was all grinning about? I mean, I don't know where they're going from here with this, but uh, it was very, very interesting to see that happen, mind you. And like I said, folks, uh, we're just up, and Michelle's returned to the line with us now. So, Michelle, welcome back. We were just talking about the Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon segment from last night, however. Before we get into the main, main story of last night's show, uh, give us your thoughts about this whole thing, if you could, please. Uh, on what? The Stephanie Paul Heyman uh, promo that happened. <laughs> Paul Heyman is a genius. Yes. I love that man. I don't think they get any more smarter than him. Yes. I agree. Um, he really uh, played over Stephanie well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just absolutely brilliant. I, I, I just want to... I kind of curious to see where they go with this for Brock mm-hmm. further because... Um, you know, as we all know right now, he doesn't have a very exactly great relationship with the fans. Yeah. Um, but uh, just to, to uh, excuse me, go back to the uh, uh, Seamus thing. So everybody's saying yeah. that, you know, Seth Rollins is reckless. Um, Seamus proved that he was reckless. Um, what he did was not accident. Yes. It was completely, totally on purpose. It was yep. bullshit. It was uncalled for. Yep. Um, I would agree. So I think now everybody can drop the comments about Seth Rollins being reckless. Because, uh-huh. you know, really, if you think about it, he's not. And if you go back and you watch the damn SummerSlam video, uh-huh. Balor puts his arm out as a defense to catch himself. Yes. So it wasn't that Seth took him, you know, threw him halfway across the barricade just to injure him. It yeah. wasn't that. Um, so, you yeah. know, so many, so, so many thoughts and opinions, you know, have been run through my mind after yep. we talked last night and we talked today, you know, it's just like, where are they going with this storyline? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen? Yep. Um, are they going to talk about it on SmackDown tonight? Probably not because it is a SmackDown show. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what Daniel Bryan's going to do to um, The Miz. Yes. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I'm sorry, Michelle. I was going to say, I'm curious to see where they're going with the whole Dean A.J. Dolph thing. That that piques my interest. I I see a rematch tonight, and I see Dolph winning, and I see them making it a three-way at Mm. Backlash, because I'm going to be there. Yes. Yes, you are. 
And speaking of three ways, let's talk now about the big one. The big one that everyone is talking about. Probably one of the greatest main events in Raw history. One of the greatest endings in Raw history is, of course, the Fatal 4-Way last night. Of course, we saw the big Fatal 4-Way for the Universal Championship. Of course, it was Elimination Rules. Big cast, of course, was the first one out early. And then, of course, it came down to three. As a result, however, we saw what happened, however, but then suddenly... Suddenly, out of the clear blue, the skies opened up, the seas opened up, if you will. And let's just say, to quote a famous, one of my favorite movies, Tombstone Heller, hell came in the form of a game. And the game was ready to play all night long and shocked us all, to say the least. As a result, he pedigreed Roman Reigns, he rolled him back in, and you're thinking, what's going on? What's happening, Heller? What's this all about? Next thing you know, he picks up Seth Rollins, he throws Seth Rollins into the ring, however... Seth eliminates Roman 1, 2, 3, and you're thinking, my God, is this going to be happening all over again? This is deja vu. What's happening here? Well, it looked like it for a moment. For a moment, people. But then suddenly, the game turned around and said, guess what, Rollins? I haven't taught you everything I know, however, and you definitely still have a lot more to learn, however, even though you're close to me now, however. He picks him up, pedigrees him out of nowhere, and the fans are like, are you kidding me? And the whole announcing crew of Cole, Saxton, and Graves were going crazy as well as all of us and watching TV and wherever we were watching it last night. The Houston crowd was pretty hyped up last night. What's that? I said the Houston crowd was on fire last night. Oh yeah, they were. They they were on. They were fired up. But this was this was one. Like I said, this was. They had a pretty good crowd last night in Houston. No doubt about it. I mean, Houston's a pretty good town. We know. Over the years, how it's been kind to them at times. I mean, remember last year, if you remember, when Charlotte shocked the world and beat Nikki Bella to take that title. A lot of people were surprised yeah, that night. But, but that was then. I mean, here it is, a year, almost six-plus months later, or a year later, and all of a sudden, you see this happen. As a result, however, following that, however, like I said earlier, when Hunter decided to pedigree Rollins, he's telling Owens, go after him, go after him, go after him. And what happens? He just he he's like in a he's like in hypnotic trance in a state, if you will, one, two, three. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, he shocks the world. He absolutely shocks the world and shocks us all. And as a result, Kevin Owens, yes, folks, as I said yesterday on Raw Radio, however, and I was the first one to say it, however, and you guys remember hearing me saying it. Owens was gonna win this come hell or high water. Well, guess what? Hell or high water definitely came, however, as they rose to the sea, however, of masses, saying, you deserve it, and believe me, he deserves it now, however, as Mr. Fight Owens Fight, KO himself, KO'd the world, KO'd pretty much Stephanie McMahon, Seth Rollins, and everyone in between by taking home the Universal title and becoming the new Universal Championship. I mean, the reaction after was incredible, when um, Hunter ripped the belt off of Mick Foley's shoulder, however, and of course he gave... Foley and Stephanie, a mean-ass stare, and left the ring, however, and was wondering what's happened. But what happened afterwards, however, on WWE.com, if you've not seen the footage yet, however, you might want to check what happened after the matchup. It's apparently the biggest story, however, when Rollins questioned both Nick yeah, Foley and Stephanie. Yeah, well, I mean, let's get your take on the match in general, Michelle. Let's get your take on what happened okay. afterwards, please. Okay. So, we all know I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. Yes. Uh, I love KO. KO is amazing in so many ways, shapes, and forms. Yes. He is not the you know little petite you know built. He's a big dude, but the but the dude can move. I give yes, him yes. credit. He's amazing. He's phenomenal. Yes. Big cast 
had no chance because it's too soon for him. Roman, but, Roman is just getting shit on, period. Yep. Uh, that's my thing. Yep. And I'm going to go into that more on Revolution tonight, too. Okay. Um, Hunter returning, I knew it was going to happen, but I swear to you, I didn't think he would return until a pay-per-view. Yeah. So I thought Rollins, I thought Rollins had it in the bag last night. No lie. Mm-hmm. But then again, I question it. If Hunter didn't come, I still think KO could have won that belt on his own. He didn't yeah. need help, mm-hmm. you know. But the look on KO's face and the crying and the emotion and stuff, it got to me. I, I, I was proud of him. And, you know, the man can cut some serious promos. Yes, he like, can. He is phenomenal on the mic. He was hilarious as hell last night in the beginning segment. Um. Overall, it was a great match until Hunter had to come in. And I'm a Hunter fan. You know, I love Triple H. Yes. But I want to know what his motive is behind all of this. Yeah. I really do. Like, I think, is I think it, we all do. Yeah. Is it that Seth somewhat turned his back on the authority, went on his own? He basically said, the hell with him, pissed him off. What was it? You know? Yeah. Oh, yes. So overall, I mean, great match. KO, I'm telling you, he pressed me more every every week. But like I said, the man did not need any any help winning last night. If it was meant for him to win, it would have happened. I'm not downing it or nothing like that because he, you know, he did a great job and all that. But I like to seen him win it without interference. Yeah. But do you think, though, I mean, we talked about this both on and offline today. I even talked with Gerard about it last night. I talked with John about it to, uh, again today, and I talked to some other people about it today. Does this set up now maybe a matchup, or is this a tease maybe for possibly WrestleMania next year? Do you think we're going to see uh, Triple H and Rollins at Clash of the Champions? Where do they go from here? Um, it's definitely going to be a, a very hot and heated, built-up feud, I feel. Um. Is this all a game? Ha, ha, ha. Triple H is a game. Uh, Set up for him to come back and him and Stephanie reunite and be the authority again and push Mick out the door? I don't know. Um, I am very curious to see where they go with this. I'm very curious to see how long Owens holds that title. Because I'll tell you what, when Finn Balor comes back, he's coming back hungry. Yes, he is. He's going to want that title back. Yes, he will. It was his first to begin with. Injuries happened, yes, we know. Mm -hmm. But that is a very, very one hell of a fighter. And him and KO would be a tremendous match. I know they fought before and all that. Yeah. They had great matches. Yes, they did. In Japan and, of course, in Brooklyn last year, case in point. Yes, absolutely. So kudos to them. They did a great job. I was super proud of them. Uh, there's a lot more that I want to say on Revolution tonight, J.D., and everybody just better be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to be prepared. I think we're all going to have our own things to say, and believe me, it it is definitely trending right now. Like we said, it's been a hotly contested topic the last 24 hours, and this this is just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. How They haven't actually pulled out of the sea. Well, they pulled out the sea, let's just say, but they are right now on calm waters for the moment. For the moment, people, because right. later tonight... We will definitely hear more about this from not only Michelle, but yours truly me, and just about everyone in our guest, whoever comes on the line, however it be John, 
uh, Chad, Gerard, and whoever comes on. I mean, this is definitely probably one of the hottest stories of the year. And like I said, Michael Cole said it probably best last night. In 20 years, however, I don't think we've ever seen an ending to Raw that was like this. I mean, you have to go back maybe to Mick Foley and uh, The Rock the night that Mick won the title when uh, Hogan and uh, Nash did the finger poker doom that same night. I mean, you have to go back to probably that particular night as one of the last great moments in Raw history, Howard. And I think that last night, Howard, they totally went above and beyond the call of duty, no pun intended, by just breaking that record and literally left it laying on the ground because they have a new record in place now. And that was this moment here. No question. No question. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. I mean, SmackDown starting here in a few minutes. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a lot more to discuss here on the Revolution Roundtable here beginning at 9 o'clock, however. But before we go, ladies and gentlemen, let's give you the number again and the call ID. And Michelle then, of course, will have a couple things to add, of course, about our two new shows. And we'll let you know about those as well. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four call ID number one three nine nine two six pound and the number one. You can talk to us here for a few more minutes. Anyway, I'm your host, filling in for the uh, King tonight, Gerard T. Smith, who will hopefully be back with us in just a little bit here, as he is preparing to come in the newsroom here in just a little bit to give you the hottest news. Of course, uh, this is episode forty, and of course we got the Black Widow, the lovely, lovely First Lady of Wrestling, and of course the co-host of uh, the Debate Table. Which tomorrow night we're definitely gonna have a lot to talk about on the Debate Table tomorrow night. Oh yes, at eight p.m. So you might want to stay tuned for that, folks. It's gonna be a crazy night. One three nine nine two five pound will be the call ID tomorrow night, but tonight's call ID is one three nine nine two six pound. So tomorrow night, you might want to stay tuned that Gerard, myself, and Michelle will have a lot to discuss tomorrow night. But Michelle actually is going to let us know, of course, about two new shows. However, we already gave you the plug for your Friday show, Michelle. We have also two new new shows, however, that are being in the preliminary stages and discussed right now. So uh, take us uh, into that and let us uh, know what's going on there. Okay, I'll make it quick because I'm going to have to go to get my child into the shower because he just came home from practice. So. Okay. Every Thursday night, 7 to 8 p.m., we have Top Heel Incorporated, which the show is basically based around all the heels, past, present, future, any of them that that are deceased and no longer with us. That's going to be the topic. Uh, We'll throw some fun things in there as well, games, whatever, to add to the show. Um, Every Sunday, 5 p.m., I think is the time we still agreed upon, uh, will be TNA main event hosted by me. Um, and Gerard is my co-host. Um, it is uh, strictly TNA talk only. Yeah. Um, we will discuss uh, TNA shows. We'll probably go back a couple of weeks and kind of work our way up to now um, and give a review of this tomorrow. What day are we on? The, uh, this Thursday coming up yeah. show as well. And, you know, basically just kind of start you know, a couple of weeks back and then work our way up to now and incorporate some fun things in there to do as well. And we're still we're still working on the format of the shows and everything, but we're going to try to make it as fun and as great as we always do for all the shows we do on the network here. Indeed. And we will definitely let you know about the caller IDs on both shows, ladies and gentlemen, as Michelle will definitely keep us in the, uh, in the loop on that. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cut out here about 60 seconds, a little early here. And, of course, Michelle will be back with me in just a little bit along with the rest of you. We thank you for episode number 40 here tonight. We'll be back for number 41 next week, folks. We hope you have a great Tuesday night. The rest of the evening, folks, we'll be back in a little bit, as we said. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you out now for the evening. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night, everyone. And thanks for listening. 
and be careful out there tonight. So long, everyone. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.